Coming up, we're breaking down the last of the Halloween Horror Nights announcements on this week's episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams, and today I am joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Boo! Spooky, spooky. Happy Halloween, Rhino. We are going to have a great episode for you because, of course, while we are in Alaska, completely cut off from the internet and the world, that's when the last of the Halloween Horror Nights announcements were made. It was one of those things. It was not a surprise. It was going to happen. And of course, it was going to happen, you know, right when we were in the middle of nowhere and couldn't even like connect. I was just like texting to find out details about it because texts were more reliable than trying to get a website to load. But uh, it's it's all these announcements you've already probably heard at this point in time. If you haven't yet, thanks for waiting for us to talk about them. Uh, but regardless, we are going to break down our thoughts and feelings on the last of the original items for Halloween Horror Nights, plus the scare zones, plus the shows, plus Tribute Store. We're going over all of it. But before we get to that, I want to remind you, this is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content and you want to support us, please consider booking a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. It costs you no extra money, and you get the support of an awesome Dreams Unlimited Travel agent. So head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today for a free no-obligation quote. Okay, let's jump into this. We have six, count them, six original haunted houses this year one that's right rhino if you were to count you would count it as one two three four five and then in fact also six and uh, of course that brings our house total to 10 the four intellectual property based houses already announced included the weekend after hours nightmare halloween Universal Monsters Legends Collide and the Horrors of Blumhouse, which, of course, is focusing on Freaky and also the Black Phone. And that's our full lineup. But we're getting six original haunted houses this year. And let's go over them all. And we're going to start with Spirits of the Coven. And this says, enter an unsettling 1920 speakeasy only to discover that they are the main ingredient of witch's brew in Spirits of the Coven. Uh, and the Twitter compounded on this a little more, saying, A coven of seemingly beautiful flapper witches will lure you into their 1920 speakeasy, reveal their haggish true form, and turn you into a witch's brew. They'll be cackling. <laughs> You'll be screaming. Uh, this, of all the originals, I think is actually the one I am most looking forward to. Sp- I speakeasy, yeah. Yeah, well, speakeasy, but also witchcraft related. So I love that 1920 setting that they're going with it. Uh, even though I think it was maybe a little bit later, maybe like 40s with the noir that they were going for in the Boris Schuster house last year, I still feel like that. I, I feel like there's something with 1920s that it still can have like a noir vibe with it, but add in witches that start off as like, you know, 
we can we think these are flappers, but then they start turning into old hags. I I mean, sign me up for it. I think I, I think this has the potential to be one of the the most beautiful looking of all of the original houses. But I like a good I like a good witch based house. I don't I don't feel like there's enough, but witches make me think of classic Halloween. And classic Halloween is what I like from Halloween Horror Nights, especially even even over top of IPs that I'm not really excited about. I love I love good classic Halloween feels, so I'm I'm very excited for Spirits of the Coven. What about you, Rhino? Oh yeah, the same for sure. I love the idea of that, like being set in the speakeasy, and I I do think that witches is something that is not overly used at Halloween Horror Nights really very often no. at all. Honestly, like I, and it's it's interesting, but um, I think even when I blend in the idea of witches it kind of mashes up with american horror story but Mm -hmm. then a little bit like the one year they did the The, roanoke house and that wasn't really witches but it still had that witchcraft vibe to it because it's like early america well there was that fairy tale one and that was being led by the but that was like the wicked witch was leading that one so it was just like one right because she was supposed to be like the wicked witch of the west yeah like yeah but it's it's still yeah no you got the vibe from that as well too with the witch in there so i think witches are they're I, underplayed. I like I like the use of witches better than vampires and zombies. For sure. I am I'm very vampired out in yeah. terms of Halloween horror nights and definitely all those years of the Walking Dead just kind of destroyed zombies for me. At least zombies in the slow, boring moving state. So you're saying this is the season of the witch? Boom. Oh no. <laughs> It must be the season of the witch. Season of the witch. <laughs> oh, Ryan. Oh, oh, Ryan. That's a good classic joke. So that's um, I, okay. Crazy, no, crazy no, thought. No, but no. I, sorry, before Go. you move on from the witches thing, uh, do you know where in the park this is going to be? Which house? Mm. <laughs> Which house? No, no. Oh my gosh! I didn't do that Let on purpose. Let me but. see if I can pull up the last uh, horror nights nightmares. Uh, I I just feel map. like there might be like a really fun, cool opportunity. I doubt they'll do it, but I think it would be a cool opportunity if one of the restaurants or one of the tents or something like that could maybe do like a fun like tie-in thing. If it's supposed to be in a speakeasy, I just think there's like something right there that lends itself to this like other type of experience you could have, or maybe it'll be at that dining dining thing, but. I doubt so it. it's it's kind of interesting because the coven. So let's see how close this was. Um, okay, so a little off because like the the five scare zones to jump ahead of this, we have the horrors of Halloween one where the pumpkin lord will be. Yes, uh, scarecrow, cursed soil, sweet revenge. That's our New York one with that's the Halloween the candy parade. People, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, graveyard, deadly unrest is an ominous Halloween thunderstorm with within a ghastly cemetery. I'm assuming that's supposed to be uh, Central Park. And then Escape an Evil Sorceress, bringing forth an army of ravious monstrous, monstrosities is Conjure the Dark. So Conjure the Dark, I'm guessing, is the one in San Francisco that has the giant cauldron and looks like ancient... Um, uh, like Druish symbols mm. all over. I feel like they do that such. sort of thing there. And it, it, it looks very cool, but I'm assuming that's one. So I would have expected the witch one to be somewhere back there, but according to the spec map from Horror Night Nightmares, HN Nightmares on uh, social media, though they have Spirits of the Coven as the first 
sound stage you hit when you come into the park on the, the so, one that's in the where the music stage is right uh, they no no even before that the, this is going back to like old school style with like american horror story i think was the last one that did it maybe where you walk in and before you hit despicable me you take the left and then you enter in on the backside. Oh, yeah. I know they used that, too, in, like, the 25th anniversary year. They they used it for a lot of years, the where you would immediately hit a house right there instead of doing the, you know, then the smashed entrances closer to, like, Jimmy Fallon and such. But remember, there's also no house in Shrek this year. Mm. And there's no house beside Men in Black. So they have to be smarter with how they're using the sound stages this year. And then why is there no house next to Men in Black? I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. I'm sure someone had that's, pointed that out at some point in time. But that's where the mashup house usually is, right? Uh, that's where it had been in past years, and last year that's where the um, the Cary, Ohio one yeah. was. And it's a, yeah, no, I, I I I'm sure there's a good reason for it. I'm sure it was put out there. I'm just not sure the exact reason why so i'm not going to say it so spirits of the coven is supposed to be in the first sound stage as you're you're coming in but moving on with the titles we then have bugs eaten alive which we talked about the rumored bug house uh face a putrid skin crawling infestation of spiders roaches flies bees and more in bugs eaten alive and to compound on this more while a while touring a 1950s home of the future, you'll be swarmed by hordes of revolting insects as they worm their way into your deepest fears, growing and mutating into unimaginable horrors. And I will be completely honest on paper. This one does not sound fantastic to me. Uh, compared to the original blurb on it, to the one that Universal's Twitter kind of put out that fleshed it out more. Like, I like the idea of the 1950s home of the future vibe that's kind of going into a state of disrepair. But uh, so, something about the insects... I don't know how that's going to be. Are there are there going to be oversized insects, or are these? Is it going to be just people reacting to the fact that the bugs are taking over? I'm not. I'm not sure, but I have I'm a, not excited for this. I have a feeling it's going to be that you, you, you like. Remember those plant costumes from the one with the helicopter in it? I can't remember what that was called. That was in the back. Yeah, the I know corner. which one you're talking about. Um, yeah, I feel like there'll be a lot of like costumes like that where it'll basically just be like black suits covered in certain bugs, like swarms of bugs and yeah. stuff like that. I think it'll be people reacting. I honestly bet that there'll probably be a lot of like hanging stuff because yeah. I feel like they do the strings, which makes me nervous about my earrings again. But the, um, I don't know. I I I I think it's. It could be a cool attempt. I think it could come off good, but it could also come off like not great. But I do have some people I follow on social media. I've seen them react to being like, this sounds really gross because they're not bug people at all. Yeah. And I'm not like, I, I don't have a fear of bugs. I'm not, I'm like that. I'm not that person that's smashing every single bug they see. You know, obviously I don't, I freak out if I see a roach in a house because it makes me feel like I'm a dirty person and I'm not cleaning well enough. But uh, I, but I don't. Also, they I move so quick. Bugs. Yeah. They, they if you don't quick. get them, they're gone. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't know when you're coming back out. Probably in my mouth while I'm asleep. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm not. I'm not like anti-bug. It's just the idea of bugs in a house. Uh, like bugs. Doesn't <laughs> tiny, tiny bugs. bugs. It just doesn't. It doesn't really appeal to me. But maybe I will be surprised with it down the road. But I, I can see why some people are like, nope. Nope, I I do away. I do like the setting of that fifties um, House of the Future though is interesting. Yeah. I think aesthetically that could be 
It seems weird that they like were very specifically like that's the aesthetic we're going for. Oh, because it's probably like those like B movie black and white bug yeah. movies back then. So yeah, that's why I said right. I yeah. think there's going to be okay. some oversized bugs in there. That, too, uh, that, okay, now I see why you said that. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, but okay. I we I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But uh, another rumored house that ended up being true is Fiesta de Chupacabras. Uh, escape or become prey to a no longer mythical fanged creature in Fiesta de Chupacabras. Uh, Universal says more. Visit a Latin American mountain village where the legend of the creature Chupacabras is celebrated with a colorful fiesta and the streets are lined with the crimson blood of tourists like you. And uh, we talked about this in the speculation maps that this was one of the ones we are most looking forward to. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, this still stands on it. Now, the fact that it might actually feel like we're walking through a village where these chupacabras actually are real creatures and are attacking people. I mean, sign me up. I feel like if they have some big open sets in, in this area, maybe even something like they did uh, years ago with um, – why can't I think of the, the name of it? The, the one that was in the Western – town oh lightning gulch lightning gulch thank you like if there can be something open like this but you know making you feel like you're in this latin america village then that would be absolutely perfect but you know obviously there's there's potential for puppets there's potential for you know just full-size characters obviously again people being attacked besides just us tourists. I think there's a lot of room for different styles of scares with this. And uh, again, uh, maybe it's just the fact that the setting appeals to me, but I think there's something, there's definitely something there. So uh, on, on the whole, on the list as a whole of the original houses, I, this and spirits of the coven for me are the two that are right up at the top. I mean, I, I'm, I am excited for it. I think it's kind of, I I like that. I mean, I like folklore. I love Supernatural, the show. I've, I've been very vocal about that. And I love that I feel like Chupacabra becomes one of those like folklore. Because the first season of Supernatural is all based around like American folklore and stuff like that. But so that's why I always think. And I know Chupacabra. Where does that originate from? It's not. Is it Mexico or is it Texas? It's somewhere in that general deserty region. Although I Mexico, I don't consider a desert i guess so i don't know um but it's one of those things where i was it's very it feels very invain- it was uh puerto rico puerto, puerto rico, rico okay. mexico and the united states okay okay because i knew it was definitely in the united states too but um yeah so i i just i like that idea of that sort of folklore like it's the same way with like the idea of like like la llorona like i i know that's not american folklore but like it's those, ty- you know, the man with the hook. Yeah. You no, know, that sort of stuff. I feel like Chupacabra is like a perfect one of those sort of fun things. Yeah. Also, oh, you think, Chad, in my brain, I think that the Chupacabra and the Cattywampus are like cousins. Like, uh, Cattywampus was like, oh, I'm the fun one. And then Chupacabra was like, well, I, I murder goats, so I'm cool. I don't. I know we've talked about Cattywampus before, but I'm not as I'm not. Cattywampus. Well, the only reason I knew it was even a thing, I thought it was just a saying where you're like, "Oh, it looks all Cattywampus." We learned about it at Knott's Berry Farm. When it's in one of the displays in the Western Town, I think. Like it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, is that a thing?" Huh. So I now think it's an entity, but I don't know if it actually is just like a weird looking entity or not. 
But either way, I think Chupacabra, I, I'm very open to it. But I'm just like, okay. It's just one of those houses where I look at it and I go, okay. Yeah. We'll see when I experience it. You say that now. I think you're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, one that I'm definitely not like super pumped for is Hellblock Horror, yeah, no. which is attempt to survive visiting hours for horrifying monsters serving time in Hellblock Horror. Uh, to compound on that, enter a prison where savage monsters are caged. When the power goes out, they break free, and it's up to you to detonate the cord, destroying the prison and its inmates to save humanity. Uh, a lot of questions here. Why is there a core? Is this like a nuclear, 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 why, why is there any core here that needs to be uh, detonated to destroy the prison? Uh, I, I do. I like the idea of monsters in cages because it reminds me very much of Cabin in the Woods, where you just have a bunch of bunch of monsters in cages that have the potential to be released. But in this time, it seems it's going to be like more straight up like prison style Alcatraz, you know, your classic prisons out there. But I just wonder if this is going to be, you know, I wonder if this is going to be monotonous because I'm like, I, I, I kind of sit back and think like, how would I do this if I was designing the house and it'd be like, well, I'm walking around cells and everyone looks like they're caged up. But then when you go through like a flash of dark, then all of a sudden they're able to be able to jump out and scare you. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They're going to have to create some really original monsters that seem unique in order to sell this one for me. But just on paper, not, not doing it for me. Yeah. I'm not a fan of like the prison aesthetic. I have that similar feeling where like immediately if it's pirate based, I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't, I also feel like we already, not to be that guy, but I don't, you know, we have problems with prisons in the United States. And so it's one of those where I was like, I don't like using it like this right now while we've got some stuff to figure out. So I feel like I'm very apprehensive. Also, in general, it's the same with like asylum houses. I'm always like, oh, I know what it's going to be like. It's going to smell. It's going to be gross. And it's going to be a lot of, I feel like it could potentially be a lot of like repetitive scenery. Yeah. So that's the only part where I'm not like super excited. But I don't know. Maybe it maybe it'll surprise me. It's yeah, it could. But I don't see this as one that's going to excite us. It feels like a safe bet. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, I think it does. Yeah. It's just uh, I think it'll be very, uh, very non-distinct. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, one that I think will end up being a, a sleeper favorite for me because on, on paper I'm not like super pumped for it. But uh, I I think I'll end up loving this one. And that's Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake. Endure a petrifying winter thunderstorm in a seaside village ruled by an, by an undead fisherman. And of course, more. In a New England fishing village, undead fishermen emerge from their watery grave to seek their revenge. You may have escaped their hooks in the scare zone. Now they'll reel you in and drag you under. So, of course, this is the sequel to the scare zone that was in New Year's a couple, uh, or in San Francisco a couple years ago. Sorry, I feel like I just said something completely different in the <laughs> middle of my sentence, and I probably did. And, you know, a good undead fisherman with a hook or any any type of scariness to it, I, I think can be can be done really well. And I thought the scare zone was done really well. But sometimes the problem with scare zones are there's too much space to work with. You need the confinement of a house. But I think also that can work vice versa. Like the trick-or-treat house 
you know, was great when we had that, but I almost preferred the trick or treat scare zone, even though it was just a short little street. I felt like there was a little bit more freedom in that. And where in the house, once they built the constrictions on it, it was, it was a little chaotic at parts for me, but this is one where I thought like in, in San Francisco, it was kind of a mess. It was just that area is always a nightmare to walk through. Um, so now being able to be fleshed out a little bit more and designed in an interior space, it could actually be really good. And anytime there's a cold house, a, yeah. a blizzard house, you're going to have fake snow somewhere in there. You're going to have that cold rush of AC. You're going to have that fake snow smell. It's going to be, it, it has the potential to be very good. Well, it's probably going to be a fishy smell, which is awful. But oh, no, they're, they're undead fishermen. They shouldn't smell like anything. They're frozen. The frozen fish, uh, just like the salmon that Jackie Gailey loves. The um, I think, uh, just kidding. I love you, Jackie. Uh, the uh, I uh, you they had me at uh, uh, winter thunderstorm. So that's why I was like, okay. I was like, this is a this is the uh, I love a good. I, it's like what you said. I love any house. We didn't have one this last year where it had like snow. I don't think. No, Not that no I remember. House. No. It's been so, a while. So I love a good, because we had that one a couple years ago that was like the old asylum or something like that. We yeah. had Krampus and stuff. So I feel, and then we had The Shining, obviously, that had the snow scene in it. So I'm looking forward to like a snow scene with it. The thing was another cold house. I think that ago. is before my time. Yeah, it would have been. Going. Yeah, that was like 2012. Maybe yeah, I probably would. Have, I would have only been doing like scare zones at that point. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the up. original thing. It was based on the 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 remake. I like. It wasn't a remake. Yeah. It was a prequel. And Whatever. I, I liked the prequel too. Whatever. I didn't bother watching it to be completely honest. It's got Ian McGregor's lady in it. Yeah, I know. I know. Whose I name just... I feel really bad that I should be able to know by myself because it's the three names and she was in Birds of Prey and. Scott Pilgrim and I know it's it's fallen it's, from it's my always brain. Slips Mary, out of me. Liz- Mary, Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winston. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's one of those. It's one of those situations where you know I it, obviously the thing is also a remake, but it was a complete. It was a horror thriller take on a not a. 50s B movie because I mean it's definitely not a B movie that was a I've never seen the original was, and it's 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 a really good movie and I think I think it's good for what it was at the time and then the thing took it to another level in a horrific way and you had two perfect moments there you didn't need to screw it up beyond that I've only seen the the prequel once and I can barely remember it and I should have watched the first the thing the original thing right before I watched it because it was literally like here's where all those props were that you saw yeah. in the first movie I was like I forget I want to watch the thing now that's a good you know I always I'll never not think of the 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 paper clip in the or what wasn't a paper clip I don't think but the heated thing into the yeah, blood it's just so always good. scares me so every good. time so good. Kurt Russell at his finest. Yeah. Oh, well, For also sure. the physical the physical effects in that movie are oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah. No, really good. Really good. I mean, watch that after the this. The neck. Yeah, don't don't watch the watch all of this or listen to all this and then watch the thing. Do that for us. Okay, our final original house, Descendants of Destruction, encounter bloodthirsty mutants living in a post-apocalyptic subway system in Descendants of Destruction, which says, deep below a toxic New York, mutated humans fight to survive in the abandoned subway, but the deeper you go, the darker your fate as you encounter hideous creatures who've left their humanity behind, and obviously... 
not super excited about this one at all. Um, it, we just got done saying we don't really enjoy stuff with zombies and uh, and uh, you know vampires anymore. But I'm also kind of like I feel like mutants are like the next they're a, they're an evolution up from the zombie. They're still gross and disgusting and. You know, you don't really want anything to do with them, and they'll probably try to tear you apart. So I, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't have any interest in this one at all. This is this is at the lowest on my list of all of them, even even below Bugs. But do you have any and Hellblock Horror? But do you have any thoughts on it? Um, not not really. I mean, it feels very reminiscent. I of that. Uh, what was that one that was like in black and white and was blinking and the monkeys and like. The one in the subway with Paris. Because yeah, that was underneath the Paris. But yeah. I know that one was also like a prequel to another house and that that would but that one was also like that wasn't vampires, was it? In the end that they were mutating or am I, cause Yeah, I, that was vampires. Or was it zombies? Because I was thinking of um twenty eight days later. It was very giving me those vibes. Yeah. But but this one is like I don't know. It feels another one that I'm like safe bet yeah i I, I mean maybe it'll be great i don't know no the makeup design could be good yeah with mutants i feel like there's a lot of possibility for prosthetics and to make this characters actually really visually interesting but the concept just doesn't doesn't grab me at all but that's fine those are those are our six original haunted houses spirits of the coven bugs eaten alive fiesta de chupacabras a Hellblock Horror, Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake, and Descendants of Destruction. Now we're going to move into our five original scare zones, and we're going to start with Horrors of Halloween, where you'll encounter the Pumpkin Lord and all of his devious subjects. And this is going to be the scare zone that you enter into the park and see right away. Obviously, think if any way to involve the pumpkin lord is mm-hmm. a perfect perfect decision because of course that's part of what made um uh why did the house just slip out on the name of my head wicked growth wicked growth <laughs> the pumpkin king uh pumpkin yeah. lord pumpkin lord <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah. jesus who's wept. the pumpkin king that's Jack Skellington. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. I, well, oh, I didn't know gosh. if you were asking me for real. That's my... I'm exhausted. Uh, yeah, no. I I think you know what if if this is just like reusing characters from Wicked Growth, Good. but out in streets. Sign me up. And the pumpkins are already up on the the trestles, and it's uh, trellis. I don't know. I I I, I liked tress, trestles, but I I was like, wow, you used a big word there, but. <laughs> Um, but I love that it's like at the entrance of the park because if this is the 31st year and then that whole idea is that all the scare zones are kind of all themed around like classic Halloweens with 31, you know, October 31st. I, I'm all about that aesthetic. And that for me will make up for some of the houses that I'm less excited for that could end up being great too because I'm always positive, open mind, just happy to have a f- full Halloween event this year. So, uh, but, so far, like in terms of what it seems like they're going for aesthetically, starting with this house, this, this scare zone specifically is that it's all like oriented around Halloween, the day Halloween. Um, because a lot of the merchandise that's come out seems like that as well. And I am, I'm a hundred percent, I'm all for it. So. Yeah. You're excellent. So now the next one we have, we will say, um, we already mentioned it, so we'll talk about Conjure the Dark, Escape an Evil Sorceress, Bringing Forth an Army of Ravenous Monstrosities. So, 
uh, yeah, I believe this is the one that's going to be back in San Francisco. Well, that's why I'm like, is this going to look like the the Walkers from Festival of Fantasy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, is it going to look like that, where it's people on stilts walking around? Is it just going to be footbird people that aren't wearing any shirts at all? Uh, then is the witch going to be doing a fun show? Like, I don't know. It seems. I don't know. It seems like a like. In a big area for its description. I don't know. No. So, the have you seen pictures or been over there to see the area? So, they this is in front of the exit of Fast and Furious, and they have been oh. very smart this year, and they pushed the stage way back, so there will be Sorry. plenty of room to walk around. I was actually thinking – I got it mixed up. When you said it, I was thinking it was Hollywood. No, no, so no, no. I yeah, I was confused. Okay, no. that makes sense. But speaking of Hollywood, that one will be Graveyard, Deadly Unrest, and you'll venture through an ominous Halloween thunderstorm oh within God, yes. a ghastly cemetery. That sounds cool. Yeah, and this is uh, like the cemetery pieces have all been up for a while, and you know and they added more and more details as it went along too. So this one feels like it it has that same vibe, at least looking at the set pieces like Graveyard Games, which was one of my favorite yeah. all time houses because it was the it was a modern kids in a graveyard on Halloween where everything started going against them. So nothing spookier. No, there. It, it, being in a graveyard on Halloween, count me out of it. Never going to do it. Don't even get me to try. Okay, maybe one day. I'm I the right uh, place. You come with me to. Uh, you come with me home someday. I'll take you to Burial Hill in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Deal. Haunted. Deal. Deal. You can't stop me. Okay, then we'll get out the one big one that everyone you know has been following since they started adding props and such. Sweet Revenge. Experience a terrifying 1950s Halloween parade gone wrong alongside bloodthirsty trick-or-treaters. And this is our New York scare zone. And yeah, it's a, a parade that everything went wrong. And we're going to see the aftermath of all of it. And I love that at least the props out there do give it that like that mid-century trick-or-treater vibe and uh that's i i don't know that's like to me that's kind of like the glory days of halloween in my mind and i'm not, i never even lived through them but that kind of seems like if i wanted to be a kid in any other era it would be around that time trick-or-treating well, i feel like um at least from like a graphic artist standpoint i feel like that's where they really that's the sweet spot of like halloween iconography and I love the look of a classic looking like that pumpkin from the 50s, a witch, you know, that sort of stuff. Like the, And I, I think this is actually the thing I'm the most excited for at Halloween Horror Nights this year. Because mm-hmm. I believe a lot of the merchandise that's come out already is reflective uh, of this kind of area in terms of that sort of stuff. And there, I'm just very... I, I'm with you. I, I don't... It reminds me of New England. It reminds me of like that... I don't know. It It's just one of those... You know, and then Trick or Treat, I feel like, also has a little bit of that 50s aesthetic yeah. to it. So that's why it's like, it reminds me of that stuff. And it's like what you said. I think it was like the sweet spot of like, I mean, yeah. you could argue it was also that for Christmas, too. Because I feel like that's where yeah. we got like the Coca-Cola, Santa Claus stuff. Yeah. Maybe of, that's you know, just that. merchandising in our mind. It just was this, like advertising. Yeah. But something about it, it's like that era to me feels like those those were the, those were the days. I've never watched an episode of that show, so I can't say much more than that. Are you serious? Yeah. Not my style. I always turned it. Just couldn't get through the theme song? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) 
And every time she, I, I, I didn't know it was like a joke. I was just like, God, this is awful. Wait, that was <laughs> like, a joke? Yeah, it was the whole joke, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was the joke in it. So I thought that was the real thing. That's why I never really watched it. Um, but since we brought up Sweet Revenge, I feel like we have to just throw it in here now, too. Of course, in New York, that's, that's where Sweet Revenge is, and that's where the Tribute Store is. So let's talk about the Tribute Store. Uh, for the first time ever, the scares taking root in the streets of Universal Studios Florida will bleed into the theme of the Halloween Horror Nights Tribute Store with a collection of incredibly detailed environments inspired by the iconic Halloween haunts featured throughout the event. Guests will shop the latest Halloween Horror Nights merchandise and treats as they venture through a pumpkin patch, a cemetery, and a witch's cottage, eventually making their way to the final room, an elaborate Halloween festival set in the same town as the store's neighboring scare zone, Sweet Revenge. So while you'll see uh, vibes from the other scare zones and such in the uh, in the tribute store it all culminates with sweet revenge so you know you kind of walk in there walk into the tribute store and you go through it all and then you end and then it's like you're right back all into that cohesive story so yeah. i love love that they're doing that with this it's um it, it's actually really smart something that i think they'll probably try to integrate in years moving forward if it can if it can blend with the scare zone that's right there why the heck not do it it's only it's just synergy. It's synergy. Cinnamon. But we have one last scare zone to mention, and that's Scarecrow Curse Soil. Reap the wrath of scarecrows who will stop at nothing to harvest their souls. And uh, scarecrows, always a solid bet too. Mm-hmm. Scary, scary scarecrows. I love a good cornfield. Yeah. No, I, I love them too. I, I think I, I think that works, and you know, by process of elimination, this has to be in the Central Park area. And I, you know, they always do a good job with this area. I feel like this this scare zone is is always, you know, it's always one of the most beautiful. Once you throw in that fog, right now there's big platforms in there, so I'll have to see how that plays in with scarecrows. Assuming that you know nothing's weird and we're off on this where the areas are, but. Uh, definitely, definitely have some uh, anticipation for this. But we have two more live shows to just go over very quickly. The first one, I know we're not going to have a lot to say about because we did not care for the first iteration of the show. But uh, Halloween Nightmare Fuel is back. And this time, it is Halloween Nightmare Fuel Wildfire. Way too wordy. Way too many words in there. That's the sequel to last year's fan favorite show featuring the world-famous performance group, The Fuel Girls, highlighting a new dreamer in the depths of a new nighttime set to a heart-pounding metal, rock, and electronica score. Uh, yeah, they and Universal's Twitter didn't really have any way to compound on that. And listen, the performers in the show are wildly talented. Some of the, uh, the, the magic that they did in the show was pretty cool. I will admit that. It's just not... It's not the show for me. I'm not... I liked I liked Bill and Ted not because of the half naked dancers. I liked it because of the humor in it. And with Nightmare Fuel, it's more of just like the heavy metal dancing with half naked girls and then, you know, some of the stuff that we were used to with um Academy of Villains thrown mm-hmm. in too with, with some some other interesting performers. And it's like I don't know, I, I think I like I like elements on its own, but the show last year did not blend together for me, and I'm not sure if this one's is going to either. 
I but I'll see it at least once. I well, yeah, obviously, but the, I I don't like the. For me, it feels very like aggressively heterosexual, so it makes me uncomfortable. Like it makes me feel like I was not considered in the making of this whatsoever. But that's the thing that I disagree with. I don't even think it's aggressively heterosexual. The, it just it feels the description of the new one feels that way. Maybe maybe it is, but I mean, last year read the first two sentences. Last year's show also featured half naked men as well. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine as long as there's representation on both sides of that thing. I read the fierce the performance group, the Fuel Girls. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones who set up the. They that's the group behind it, but they obviously bring in other people besides just women. Okay, as long as there's not just half naked women on the stage, they're the one. So they did the show. Sexualize one, we should sexualize both of them. They did. They did the show last year, and there was more than just fuel girls. Were there not? I don't remember that. There was the contortionist guy, literally the male lead of the show. Yeah, but it's like there was like there was plenty others. I don't know. There was a there was a lot in there. Listen, I it just starts to not feel like. You're attracting the vibe of the people that I want to hang out we with. Don't, like, we don't have to argue about this because this show – the show is just not our vibe in general. It's not It's not the style of show that we enjoy. And you know, I know there are, there are people who I, do, though. I believe we are in the minority of people who saw that show that thought that was the greatest show to happen in years at Universal. And so I know I'm definitely in a small group uh, of people with my dissenting opinion on the show. But if you loved it, it'll be back next. It'll be back this year uh, with the sequel show, Wildfire. And you know what? I'll give it that. I'll give it a chance first time around. And if I don't like it, I will make sure I don't take a seat away from you. Moving on in the future, you will have my seat. If I don't like it, I'm open to. Uh, yeah, I mean, like watching my video back, there are like it's what you said. There was incredibly talented performers in the show, so I'm just interested to see how it all comes together. For me, a lot of it yeah. will be the music. Let's yeah, see. and that's I'm very particular about music, so a lot of times I don't like the musical choices being made. But hopefully, in terms of music, this could be an interesting one. The other show is Ghoulish, a Halloween tale, an all-new show taking place in the Universal Studios Lagoon that follows the Grim Reaper on the undertaking of what happens beyond the grave, all Ooh. set to eerily remixed music by some of today's most iconic artists. So Ooh, who are the artists? Yeah. What's the music? Who's doing the remixes? I'm assuming it's going to be kind of like a metal-style remix with it, and a lot of like, was that awful? That was pretty yeah. awful, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean when I'm saying it. But maybe it, maybe it's just dance. Maybe it's just dance remix. I'll, I'd be fine with that. Uh, but I, I don't know. I like this. I like that they're giving a, a character, a central character in this one that we're going to follow, the Grim Reaper. And, you know, then in terms of what happens beyond the grave, who knows? But I like that they're not necessarily just settling on, like, intellectual property i like that it feels like they're trying something new with the lagoon show and for that reason i'm all in on this one but we love fountain shows have you seen the signage for it no 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 i'm looking at it right now i can't really see it here but it's a giant uh it's a giant 1950s record album oh my with a with the vinyl sticking out of it hang on i so it's it's a go to sean sean just retweeted it sean thompson it's from seven hours ago. Seven so it hours was ago. today. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay, 
release the vinyl too then because i want that um because it actually it's looks I kind of really interesting 13 page read along book and record i am very uh, d- judging i like the idea that it's an original um show uh, it, uh, although it could end up being like the house is all intermixed into it too or the scare zones but e- either way the signage is actually making me think it's going to be a lot different than then I think then I think that description came off, but I really hope they release this album because I know the last two years they've done a vinyl. I definitely don't get a considering they're going with the um, you the know it, it says a Halloween Horror Nights record and story, so it's set up like the old the old records you know that had the book with it uh, for kids. So it it does give off this vibe that this will be. You know, while Grim Reaper might be the star of it, it definitely has a kitschy, again, classic Halloween yeah. feel to it. You know, but I also did, uh, I did talk to another person uh, at Universal at one point in time. And, you know, we we're kind of talking about the fact that it feels like this year's Halloween Horror Nights is definitely potentially has a little bit more of a family friendly vibe to it. And that would, that would be interesting if they go that route. But I don't know about that. I I don't know that I'm getting that right now. I mean, from the merchandise, maybe you feel that way, but none of the descriptions of anything make me feel it. Because I would argue the most family friendly version of it that I've experienced so far would have been the 2019 one, where they said it was like PG 13. Yeah, so it wasn't like friendly. They might be dipping their toes into that again. So hey, listen, if it it's one of those things that as fans of the event maybe it's something that we don't necessarily want to see but I don't, universal is smarter to do that and open up to a wider market i would rather see them play with it all the time like that like i cuz for me again i'll say it i think 2019 has been my favorite year because ultimately there was a lot of very memorable houses like poltergeist ghostbusters stranger things um you know and the of course that i believe that was the first time we had a universal monsters house and like I yes. loved the that was the first Lagoon show. I loved yes. that Lagoon show. I loved the aesthetic of all the neon lights and like yes. so that vibe for me was like perfect. And then the twenty twenty one one was like a completely different feeling, which is fine. But that's I don't I don't want to dip back into the heavy metal like vomit smell it like i don't want just that stuff i want it to be so i like that's what i'm saying is i really like the the mix it seems is in play this year with a lot of that like classic halloween aesthetic but also the houses seem interesting even though i'm not necessarily like particularly thrilled for any house although the weekend house i'm coming around on but we'll have to see we are one week away from the start of halloween horror nights and uh it'll be even more exciting uh because you know it's i think the Team member preview is a couple days before the event, and uh, or actually no, is it? It might be even sooner this year than um, I, I don't remember exactly when it is, but uh, that's always our kind of first look and insight into what's really happening with Halloween Horror Nights and and how how the first group of mega fans are really feeling about it, and then it's all opened up to us, and of course we will be there covering it not just not just on opening night and opening weekend, but then throughout the entire season because uh, we we do our our houses and such that first night, and then we. We get more time to explore in scare zones after that first night. And then, then of course, the food. The food will come later. It's going to be a good time. I am very excited for this year's event. I feel like I feel like I need Halloween right now. After being in, like, cold, 
colder Alaskan weather and getting those like fall vibes. I'm like, now I need Halloween Horror Nights to like round out the summer for me and really put me in that that holiday season of Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Arbor Day. Arbor Day. <laughs> Specifically Arbor Day. But uh, yep, so a great lineup and we can't wait to get out of there and see it. So I have nothing else. Do you, Rhino? Nope. Just very excited. Can't wait to see all the stuff. I can't wait for the tribute store to open. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. But thank you, everyone out there, for taking the time to listen and watch us. We do it because of you, and I really appreciate it. So from by the bottom of my heart, once again, thank you. Uh, if you want to support us, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, leave comments, questions, video suggestions in the comments section. If you're listening to this, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can also leave a rating and review where you listen, please take the time to do that. And if you want to support us more, book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Get a free no-obligation quote at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. But that's going to do it for us this week with the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. 